alaikum and welcome to tonight's live show on Imam Hussein TV. Where better to start than the continuing theme of eternal ethics? Our source of the actual content tonight is on justice. Inshallah, first of all, I'd like to thank all the viewers, the emails from Africa, Tokyo, the Philippines, India, Pakistan, and also Ecuador as well. We've had emails, WhatsApp text messages, thanking the content of this show and also the channel. I'd also like to urge the viewers to also to call in. The telephone number is 07939-917163 and also to contribute, inshallah. This channel can only run with your donations, inshallah, and with the supreme content that we actually aim to present to the world audience for Tashayu viewers and also viewers who may not have experienced the actual school of the Ahlul Bayt salam. With that in mind, and as I mentioned initially, our theme tonight, our continuing theme tonight is eternal ethics, and we start off with inshallah justice. I'd like to start off with the key verse today. Surah Namal verse 90. It reads as follows, Surely Allah enjoins the doing of justice and the doing of good to others and the giving to kindred. And he forbids indecency and evil and rebellion. He admonishes you that you may be mindful. So let's look at the actual content tonight of justice. With me with tonight, inshallah, we have Dr. Sayyid Amar Naqshwani. Assalamu alaikum, Sayyidina. Alaikum assalam, Muhammad. A privilege once again to have you on board. Thank you, my pleasure. Um, last week we had this amazing, uh, and I'd like to say a huge topic really, uh, in terms of nurturing the soul building the character as it were and continuing on from that theme of ethics as it's uh, described in English. Tonight we'll be looking at justice and we've read out a key verse here from Surah Namal verse 90. So with that in mind Sayyidina, I'd like to just start the um, show tonight with um, Sayyidina, Allah orders us to establish justice. Hmm. First point is establishing justice. Um, and to continue that from the continuing theme of character building, how is this something innate or is this learnt through God's command? What can we actually explore in this way? It's fantastic to start off with a discussion on justice. Considering an Islamic ethics, the highest of the ethics is justice. SubhanAllah. There is no ethical trait in Islam as high as justice or as meritorious as being just. Now somebody may hear that and say, well, being generous is a wonderful trait. I don't deny that. Generosity is an excellent ethical attribute to have, but you can also be overly generous. Mm. You may overly spoil one of your children, for example. Someone says, well, knowledge is a great ethical attribute to have, to be of the people of knowledge. knowledge. But gaining knowledge and how you use it and whether you're too forthright with it sometimes shows that even there are times and places for the usage of knowledge. Absolutely. There are times you shouldn't be too frank or too damning with what you know. There are times you shouldn't say everything that you know. 
Whereas justice at all times and all places, in all environments, is always seen as being great. Right. The others may have certain places you can't administer them. You're administering too much of them. Whereas you can never say to anyone, you're administering too much justice. No, no, quite right. Or you're being too just. Sure. On the contrary, it's the best and the highest akhlaqi attribute to have in Islamic thought. And that does raise the question, is justice an ethical attribute only for Muslims? No. no. There are many great non-Muslims who have been wonderful figures either of establishing justice or rising against injustice. Just. Martin Luther King has some profound statements about justice. He wasn't a Muslim. No. But he'll say a line to you which reverberates in the hearts of many until today, such as injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Mashallah. Now, that raises the question that justice is praiseworthy because God said so? Or do we have a certain inspire, inspiration mm -hmm. and an innate understanding of justice in all human beings? We mentioned last week the ayah وَنَفْسِ وَمَا سَوَّاهَا فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا Ilham is a form of inspiration yes. from God. Yes. There are a number of forms of inspiration mentioned in the Quran. Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions wahi وَأَوْحَيْنَا mm -hmm. إِلَىٰ أُمِّ مُوسَىٰ yes. Here Allah when He says فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا That means innately we have been given the ability to differentiate between Moments of good and moments of bad. That which is right, that which is wrong. Mm. That which is placed in its appropriate position mm -hmm. and that has been misplaced. Therefore, in Islamic thought, innately we are able to establish that justice is praiseworthy. Right. Irrespective of what religion you come from. Therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran when He says, as you mentioned in Surah Al-Nahl, mm -hmm. verse number 90, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, Inna Allah ya'muru bil-adli wal-ihsan, ya'muru here means what? means innately you all believe that justice is praiseworthy. Observe it. Yes. Don't just believe it. Right. Don't come to an exam and tell me that you have a great mind. Put that on paper. Don't come to a religion and tell me you've got a great heart. Establish it through your actions. Sure. Likewise, don't say that justice is important. Observe that justice in your society, in your life, with your family, with your friends, with your community. Therefore, innately, every human being recognizes that injustice is something detested. Wow. You can sit with your non-Muslim friends now and tell them, that's so unjust. And everyone's like, yeah, you know what? That is so unjust. Don't have to be a Muslim to recognize no, that. No, you're right. And they may look at something and say, that is a wonderful piece of justice. And you're like, yeah, that's a great piece of justice. However, the Quran was not telling you that we are the ones who are telling you that justice is good. We're asking you to observe, observe justice. It. Right, right. And is a phenomenal verse of the Holy Quran because it's trying to highlight that the pillars of the religion are justice and the doing of good acts. Right. And that's why you know in the Usul al-Madhab of Tashayya, of the Shi'i school, 
The Usul al-Din are normally said to be five. Mm -hmm. There are three which are pillars we share with other schools, which is Tawheed and Nubuwa and Qiyamah. Mm -hmm. We share this with other schools yeah. in, 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 in a certain aspect. Then there are two which we are unique in. Yes. And that is the discussion of justice, Adala. So always at Madrasa, what are we taught? At the Madrasa, we're taught Tawheed, Adala, Nubuwa, Imama, and the belief in the Ma'ad, Qiyamah. Yep. Yes. So we are unique in our understanding and conception of justice. We are unique in our understanding that there is innately an understanding of morality mm -hmm. and a recognition that part of God's justice is that he gave us free will sure. and guided us with different prophets, Absolutely. messengers and saints on that path of justice. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Now, you've mentioned the key point of observing justice. Mm. What a wonderful verse that it is. That we read, uh, it was read out, verse 90. Surely Allah enjoins the doing of justice and the doing of good to others and the giving to kindred. Sure. And He forbids indecency and evil and rebellion. And also, He admonishes you that you may be mindful. Sure. So, there's a number of different facets, as it were, to that one verse. And that one verse, I believe, should be a verse which represents the religion absolutely absolutely and i and i'm sure you'll agree with me that sadly islam's image is very much tarnished sure. yes um unfortunately but people forget these verses i don't think many muslims have even memorized these verses and that's half the problem our lack of a relationship with the holy quran you know when we're discussing right, right. justice today well, i think all the verses on um on justice are verses which have to be at the forefront of the image of this religion mm. a because every non-muslim can relate to the concepts of justice and injustice every non-muslim abhors injustice, injustice and oppression no doubt and every non-muslim loves talking about justice, justice equity sure and the observing of equity mm -hmm. and so such a verse Alongside another one, which we're going to come to later on, sure. Surah An-Nisa, yes. which is a verse at the forefront of Harvard Law School. I think these are the type of verses that God enjoins upon you justice. Mm -hmm. You have to observe justice, observe goodness, observe being charitable to your near ones, sure. avoid rebellion, avoid hatred between one another. And I don't think many Muslims have observed such a verse. No. And maybe there is a need for us to reassess how just we've been, how many good acts we've done, how positive we've been with our family members. Absolutely. Have we caused rebellions and hatred in the community? These are things to reflect upon. Yeah, sure. So with that in mind, the key word for this show tonight, eternal ethics, is naturally justice. Mm. In Arabic, it is referred to as uh, one, the God who is Adal or Adala mm. or Adil, words we hear every day. Mm. What does it actually mean? Uh, apart from just in brief, obviously justice. What does it actually mean? Sure, um, we break well, it down. Basically, it's to place things in their right position. Could be in the legal sphere. Could be in the political sphere. Could be in the social sphere. Could be in the theological sphere. And you're absolutely right in mentioning that one of God's 99 names is that he is the all-just. Yes. 
And that means that he judges based on truth. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, his rulings have no injustice in them. Absolutely. Therefore, the moment I recognize that Allah has placed everything in their right position, and I recognize that his rulings do not have any injustice, I should now be somebody who observes this justice by placing everything in its rightful position. Yeah, sure. The opposite of Adil, you mentioned Adil, Adil, mm -hmm. Adala. Mm -hmm. These are all the words which are normally right. synonymous with the word justice um, in the Arabic language. Opposite of Adil, normally they talk about Jor, for example. Okay. You know, the injustice. I see. Sometimes they talk of Dhulm, mm -hmm. oppression. oppression. So therefore, oppression or injustice is to place things in their wrong place. Yes. And justice is to ensure that things are placed in their right place. Okay, yeah. okay. We'll probably come to the manifestation of justice later mm. on in the show. Sure. But before that, i.e. a key example. But before that, um, I've heard words of justice in English. Um, but there's also other words that I use in Arabic. Sure. And with your um, Arabic expertise, Sina, we have words such as insaf, yeah. based, and then we have obviously adala and so on and so forth. So what are the key, how do we differentiate between these key words? Sure. It's are there levels? Yeah, it's very interesting um, because many times in English translations of the Quran, mm -hmm. you see justice being the word for adala. Right. Or you see justice being the word for qist. Okay. Right. Or you see justice being the word for insaf. And so many times people use these words synonymously. Right. What you have with adala, adala is the general legal decision, for example, okay. or statement that's made right. on an aspect of justice. Uh huh. Sure? Yes. So either someone says something just or someone has made a decision right. where justice is administered. Yes. That's adala. Okay. Insaf and qist are when that decision is applied. I see. So it's the application. As the mean. application. Right. You know, you've got qist, for example. Mm -hmm. Qist, many verses of the Quran that talk of qist are always talk of a, p a particular measurement or scales. So if you believe in justice, apply them when you're weighing the scales. You know, many times when you, when you go to a courtroom, you'll see the scales of justice. In Arabic, they're called qistas. I see. I see. You've got these scales. equal, you know, scales, balanced. Mizan, yeah, okay. But balanced with justice. Right. So we call them the scales of justice. Justice. One of the words for justice we said was qist. Mm -hmm. The scales of justice are known as qistas. Right. So, when somebody sees that there is a particular situation, when they, ad when they give a decision on that issue between two people, they are applying justice. Right. Or they have made a decision on justice. 
قسط و انصاف is the application and the administration of that just decision. I, for example, see that there are two who've come towards me. They've got an issue between each other. Mm-hmm. I give the ruling. That's adala. Yes, yes. Right. Then ensuring that this ruling takes place and ensuring everyone has their rightful, for example, conclusion, mm-hmm. that's when you go into the realm of insaf okay. and you go into the world of qist. Okay, okay. So justice in terms of adala is seen as that which covers all. Right, okay. Now, Allah Azza wa Jalt. 99 names referred to in mm. the Holy Quran. Um, one name is Adil. And do you think that the common Muslim man or woman has neglected these names and this name, as it were? Yeah, I think, I think many of us don't realize that if we were to pick up some of the traits yeah. of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and apply them into our life, this world would be a different place. Mm. And I believe that, you know, discussing the 99 names of God, or a few more in Dua Joshan Al-Kabir, if we're able to discuss them more in the madrasa from a young age, what do we mean when we say he is Rahman and he is Rahim? Rahim. What do we mean when we say he is Jawad and he is Kareem? What do we mean when he is known as Al-Adil, but he is also known as Al-Raziq? Mm-hmm. Why is he known as Al-Mutakabbar? For what reason do we refer to him as Qawi? Mm-hmm. When we call him Qayyum, what is the meaning of Hay but also Qayyum? Qayyum? So therefore, all of these names, if a person takes some of them, not all, there are some names we can never even imagine what it is. Sure. To even be an ayota of them. He is al-khaliq, and Imam Ali says it clearly. Mawlaya, mawlaya, anta al-khaliq, wa ana al-makhluq. Wa hal yarhamu al-makhluq illa al-khaliq. Khaliq, I can never be. I can never create. He is a creator. But I can be kareem. Mm. I can be someone of Jude. I can be someone who establishes some mercy. Yes. And I can certainly be someone who establishes justice. Justice. SubhanAllah. When my Lord is Al-Adil, then I should try and ensure that Adala is established. That's all Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted when we were reflecting on those names. He was giving us some unveiling for us to be able to understand the many wonderful expressions and guidances that are around us. And therefore, when I look at certain aspects of life, I see Allah's sustenance. Mm-hmm. I look at other aspects of Allah's uh, life, I see Allah's generosity. There are other aspects of life, I see Allah's justice. So therefore, I definitely agree with you that there is a need for us to reflect more on these names. Because if the Muslim tries their hardest to be a reflection of Allah's names on the earth, yes, then I think the Muslim community can grow and grow. So that now nicely puts us into the next uh, part of this show in terms of really pondering mm. on these names. Some groups, they perform dhikr. Of these names. Um, so firstly, is this recommended? And also, 
if so, how should one exercise that? They could. Um, if you could probably just uh, elaborate on those uh, two or three points. There, there are many, many ulama who have written on the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, on which name helps you in which situation. There are certain names that are so powerful that repeating them a certain number of times is mentioned within the traditions yes. of the Ahlul Bayt alayhi wa salam. Um, you know, when we talk of names such as Mu'een, when we talk of names such as Kareem, names such as Rahman, there are certain names the Ahlul Bayt have left us traditions. Right. And ensuring that we repeat them a certain number of times. What the secrets are behind repeating them that many times mm. is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obviously, they will not give us a certain number unless there's a certain energy which Absolutely. reverberates with our sacred relationship with our Lord. But no doubt, there are many ways in which a person is able to continuously repeat their names, especially in their sujood. Right. In your sujood, there are many ulama who say that there were certain names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which they repeated on a number of occasions in their sujood as an example to help them in their life. Okay, okay. Now, um, saying that God is just. Yeah. Okay, and now just approaching it from a different angle or a different viewpoint. Yet there are so many injustices in the world today. People are suffering, as it were. Where, where is God, as it were, to stop a famine in Africa? Can we blame God? Obviously, this is now coming from the other side. And we need to address that as well. I don't think you can blame people for yeah. asking this question, that if God is just, then you want us to be establishing justice as the ayah said in Allah then where is your justice when there are for example children dying because of malnutrition mm -hmm. or because of cancer or because of other viruses where's God's justice there I remember George <clears throat> Bernard Shaw was once told by a group of people that the reason there's poverty in the world is because of God. God's to blame. That God claims that he looks after all of us and that God claims he is just and that God claims he looks after our sustenance. Mm -hmm. But there's all this poverty. George Bernard Shaw said, don't blame God. They said to him, then who's to blame for all of this poverty that we see? Surely it must be this God who's so unjust. He said, no, blame my hair. He said, I'm sorry. He said, blame my hair. My hair is the problem. He said, what do you mean your hair? We're telling you that there are people dying in the world because of poverty. And the whole blame should be pointed at God. That when there is a moment of injustice, where's God's adala? Mm. Where is he? He turned around and said, no, no, blame my hair. My hair is the problem. They said to him, what do you mean your hair? George Bernard Shaw was bald in the middle, right. but only had hair on the sides. Okay. So he said, blame my hair. Good production, bad distribution. Mm. <laughs> I wish that more on the sides was up top. I've got so much on the sides, but I've got nothing up top. Likewise, right. the problem isn't God. When you see those children who are dying, the production is great in this world. Yeah, of course. The distribution is unjust. 
Mashallah. There are many out there. Recently, I heard a story. You will not believe this. I heard a story recently that a princess from the one of the Arab royal families, she hired a house in London. Um, and this house that she hired was for a quite a large sum. Okay. In a very very prestigious area. Princess, you know she can mm-hmm. afford this. This is understandable. But the estate agent was baffled when he found the princess turn up to this house, which is, you know, 20,000 square foot, 25,000 square foot. Princess has turned up to this house with a small dog. Now, normally when people move into these houses, you expect there's going to be another five members of family, another 10 members of family. She's only come with a dog. It turned out she wanted a house big enough for her dog to be able to run around. Run around. Tell me, when someone points at God and says it's your injustice that has led to these famines, when I'm spending 20 or 30,000 pounds a week so that my dog can run around a big mansion in London, don't blame God on these moments, firstly. Secondly, in the Quran we have a clear verse in Surah 4, verse number 40. Right. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَظْلِمُ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةً Allah does not even oppress an atom's worth. Why? Because philosophically speaking, Uh when you see anyone commit vuln, oppression, normally because of three reasons. Number one, you want something, but you can't get it. So you oppress some, you do an act of an oppression to Mm -hmm. get it. Number two, you don't know the consequences of your action. Right. Number three, you are being coerced by someone. To do the act. I ask you, any of these things apply to God? Can anyone coerce God into an act? Never. No. Is there something God wants but he can't get? No. no. Is there anything that God does not have the knowledge of the consequences of? You know, he has knowledge of all the consequences. Therefore, when someone says Allah is unjust, normally when you are unjust or you are oppressive, either it's because of being coerced mm-hmm. or there is something you want but you can't get. Or you don't know the consequence of your action. Right. The Quran made it clear. If I see that there are moments of injustice Justice. in the world, it's not that I point at God. When we see fasad and corruption on the earth, it is from the hands of man. Yes. We yeah. are the ones who have a major control in establishing justice in this world. I ask you, when Martin Luther King was leading the black civil rights movement, Or when Nelson Mandela was leading the movement against apartheid. Who was oppressing the black community? God? No. It was people speaking in God's name. Name. Absolutely. Absolutely. South Africa and America, America, both at that time had staunch racist members of the Christian community. And every religion, mind you, has members who can be racist and members who are far away from any discrimination. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther King and the black civil rights movement, what we saw Alabama, what we saw Birmingham and so on, when you saw the black community being abused, being beaten physically, emotionally, was it God who was the problem? Or was it a group who were putting fire on a cross and burning it? Sure. Proud of their Ku Klux Klan origins. Likewise in South Africa, those white African 
or African of Dutch origin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They were speaking on behalf of God. But their actions were far away from the actions of Christ. Yes, yes. Therefore, those who are out there and say, I don't believe in God because if there was a God, there wouldn't be such injustice. Injustice. Secondly, this facade that occurs on the earth is from our hands. Absolutely. Okay. Our hands as human beings. Why lie? Many of us have the ability to do more charity work, but we don't. Then we blame God for the poverty. Many of us can donate more to cancer research and more to research on other viruses in the world, but we don't. Therefore, those who are blaming Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by saying, why should I be just? Why is there an ethical attribute of just when God's not just? God does not oppress. No. Rather, many times we don't look at ourselves in the mirror and sometimes see the injustices or the fact that we're silent against some of these injustices. MashaAllah, Sayyidina. Eternal ethics, the theme tonight of justice. We'll be right back after a break, inshallah. Asalaamu Alaikum. See you right there. and welcome back to tonight's live show on Imam Hussein TV, Eternal Ethics, where we're examining the facet of justice, Adala. First of all, I'd like to thank our viewers who have called in, and, uh, who have actually emailed, showing their appreciation for the show with our uh, distinguished guest tonight, uh, Dr. Sayyidabar Nakshwani from Lebanon, Hyderabad, India, New York City, and also Kuwait. Um, we're also getting in emails now from Jordan as well. So Alhamdulillah, do keep the viewing ratings high. Inshallah, we can only put such programs out for you if you do view and also can you generously donate as well. Sayyidina, Asalaamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Asalaam wa Rahmatullah. Now just to um, kick in the second part of this show, as it were, on the topic of justice, as mm. it were. Sayyidina, let's put it quite frankly there. You and I both know there's a lot of injustices suffered by community members in the community, as it were. How do we deal with this problem? How, what, what message can we actually relate to them? What can we do to help people, as it were, with this huge name of justice, as it were, and, that, and everything as an umbrella underneath that? I don't think there's a human being alive in the world today who hasn't suffered a form of injustice in one way or another. Nor do I think there's a human being in the world today who's 100% perfect in their justice. Yeah. I think it's, it's, um, it's a journey of development, um, a journey that requires practice, like all of the ethical traits we're going to be discussing in the next Inshallah. six Inshallah. months or so. Okay. You know, when we're going to be discussing forgiveness, mm -hmm. that requires training. When we're going to discuss having a pure Nia intention, that's going to require training. Mm. When we're going to discuss anger and calming oneself down, that's going to require training. training. When we're going to discuss sincerity and when we're going to discuss uh, generosity, all of these do require training. And I know that there are people who have been victims of severe amounts of injustice. Right. 
Honestly, there are ladies out there who have been the victims of injustice in their marriages. You see, sometimes when you're looking at um, the word justice, sometimes literally it, it is to be established with one's partner in marriage. Yeah. And yet you see so many ladies who are the victims of injustice. And there are so many out there who have slandered people's character unjustly. And there are so many people out there who have given a verdict of injustice. There was a Netflix, Netflix um, uh, Movie series recently, yeah, on, okay. on those on those five black, um, the five black youth who were who were unjustly put in prison right. for the Central Park crimes. Okay, okay. In 1989, where they were accused of raping. Um, a white lady, and, and, and it only it took years before people realized that it wasn't them. All I can say is that if you look at some of God's greatest figures, some of his greatest saints and mystics on the earth, even they went through years of injustice. Mm. And never did they flinch or did it affect their principles. Imam al-Hussein, Wonderful example on the afternoon of the 10th of Muharram, how much injustice he received. And not once did his own sense of justice waver. Mm -hmm. To the extent that even if somebody came and asked him for forgiveness, it didn't affect him that such a person had just been unjust to him. And so we are going to be tested on how we establish justice and how we administer justice. Right. And I know some people are sometimes put off because when they see the unjust sitting in powerful positions or the unjust sitting at the helm, they just give up. Yeah. Well, no, don't yes. let it affect your principles of justice. Right. Had it affected Luther King, had it affected Mandela, had it affected those youth who were put in prison for a crime they did not commit, who saw years of injustice behind bars, then they would never live to tell the tale or have the remnants of their hard work continue to make people's lives better. So I think it's vital for us to realize that those who stand up for justice may not see victory there and then. But Zainab, daughter of Ali, highlighted to you, years later, there will be no Yazid, but there'll be one Zainab. In the court of Yazid and Sham, one may argue that people would think that Zainab has lost and that Yazid was victorious. Today, there are millions who visit Zainab and there is no memory of Yazid. Yazid yeah. So don't let the injustice that you see for a certain period affect your struggle to establish justice. Okay, thank you very much. Um, I'd like to read out a profound verse in the whole mm. Quran. Surah Nisa, verse 135, which uh, greatly highlights principles of justice, as it were. I'd like to read it out for the viewers, inshallah, Sayyidina, you, hopefully you can uh, enlighten us and break it down for us as well somewhat. O you who believe, be maintainers of justice, bearers of witness of Allah's sake, though it may be against your own selves or your parents, or near relatives. In fact, it's so profound. I just want to touch on that just once again, just a last part, uh, portion of it. 
O you who believe, be maintainers of justice, bearers of witness of Allah's sake, though it may be against your own selves, or your parents, or near relatives. If he be rich or poor, Allah is nearer to them both in compassion. Therefore do not follow your low desires, lest you deviate. Ya ayyuhannas, kunu qawwamina bil qist, shuhada lillah. ولو على أنفسكم أو الوالدين ولا قربين. Unbelievable verse of the Holy Quran and I'm not surprised Harvard Law School established it as a pillar of justice. This verse. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Those of you who have communication with Harvard Law School, ask them about Surah 4 verse 135 of the Quran. O mankind, be maintainers. كونوا قوامين بالقسط. Be of those who, I, would, I wouldn't translate it that way. O mankind, be those who actively participate in the establishment of justice. Normal translations of this ayah is... Cannot do justice. No, cannot do justice. Ahsant. Ya ayyuhannas kunu qawwamina bilqist. It's not O mankind, be of those who maintain justice. Ya ayyuhannas kunu qawwamina. Part of the meaning of qawwamin... Are those who are active. Mm-hmm. You know the ayah al-rijal qawwamun ala nisa Sometimes people say men are the maintainers of women. No, men are those who actively are working hard to help the woman in their life. Yes, yes. So therefore, hey, ya ayyuhan nas, kunu qawwamina bil qist. O mankind, not ya ayyuhan ladina amanu. Not oh you who believe. believe. The whole of mankind, ya ayyuhan nas, the only ones who you should be a witness before is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Have that taqwa inside you, that God consciousness inside you. That when I'm about to make a decision, I know that God is watching me. Therefore, forget my family, forget the parents, forget everybody. If there's injustice, I say it. Absolutely. And if there's justice, I establish it. Absolutely. If I, said Ammar, have been unjust to somebody, I should be admitting this. It's quality. Yes, yes. We're going to come to Imam Ali in a moment. Inshallah. Where we delve Inshallah. into the wonderful world of Ali ibn Abi Talib. To see how these verses were beautifully established. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because Ali ibn Abi Talib and justice can't separate. Yeah, you can't separate the two. What you have is the verse says, be those who actively maintain and establish justice, witnessing to Allah, even if it goes against themselves. Oh, yes. Sometimes we are good at pointing injustice to others. But when we've done the same thing, no, 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 you've got to give me better than that, you don't understand what happened. No, no. Admit when you've been unjust. If you've slandered somebody, admit. If you've destroyed somebody, admit. If you've judged unjustly, mm-hmm. and you've realized later on that you were unjust, because what's injustice? Putting things in their own place. place. Maybe I said that that person is not a mu'min, not a mu'mina, not religious. Not good in something, not this. And I have to say, you know what? I put my hands up. Absolutely. Why do I say I have to put my hands up? Because this ayah of the Holy Quran is the ayah that has said to me, 
So therefore, even if I have to stand in court against myself, I knew I stole something. I knew I conned someone. I knew I scammed someone. I could lie all day in this world. There's a day of justice. justice. That yom is a yom of qiyamah. That yom is a yom of hisab. That yom is a yom of adala. That is the qistas. That mm -hmm. is the true scales of justice. I have to be ready to witness against myself. Better do it now than in the hereafter. Absolutely. That's why you hear stories of people who would go to the Ahlul Bayt and say, punish me now. I'd rather be punched now than in the hereafter. Yes, yes. Kunu qawamina bil qist. Shuhada lillah. Sometimes you mm -hmm. may have to say that my parents have been unjust. Yes. And nobody wants to say mom and dad no. have been unjust. No, absolutely. Who's going to admit it? If somebody else's mom or dad did that, we'll attack them all day. But when it's your parents, you're quiet. When it's your parents, you defend them. There are those who defend the injustice. Mm. You look at the daughter of Saddam Hussein. I think her name is Raghad. She looks back at her father's years in power. You would think that she could say, well, you know, there were moments of injustice and, you know, maybe he got things wrong mm -hmm. by, you know, uh, torturing people because of their background or their sect. No, nothing. No remorse. Others, she says they treated my father in the courtroom unjustly. My father was not given water. My father was not given the right place to rest. At least your father got to a courtroom. At least your father could point to a judge like this in mm -hmm. your father's time. If you dared even thinking of questioning, you were sent to gallows where people never saw their family members again. One of the hardest tests for the human being is to be a witness against yes. their own parents yes. when their parents are unjust. As an example, I see that my parents have been unjust to my wife. You'll see somebody will not admit, no, you have to admit, I'm a witness. That they may have been unjust to my wife. I see that my brother has been unjust to his wife. Just because he's my brother doesn't mean that I turn a blind eye. Because the Quran says, I see my cousin has scammed people. Therefore, because he is my cousin, I'm like, you know what, don't chat about my cousin like that, he's my cousin. No, no, Habibi. Your cousin's been unjust. You don't defend the injustice. Exactly. Why? Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Sure. If you're allowing his injustice to continue, then that injustice, that jor, that dhulm is going to continue everywhere. Yeah. Therefore, this eye of the Holy Quran also mentioned that sometimes people are scared of speaking out because their cousins mm. or their family members are rich. Or they have money. Yes. Sometimes there's an uncle in your family who's unjust because he's got money. You're like... <laughs> but the poor members of your family, you eat them alive. But the rich members of your family, don't say anything, you know, that's our uncle, the rich one. Rich, poor, batik, raggi, doesn't matter what you are. Yeah, yeah. It does not matter. 
The point we're going to establish in this series, akhlaq is more pivotal than anything else. Sure, sure. Whether you have all the wealth in the world, wallah, whether you have all the ilm in the world, people ultimately will remember your akhlaq. They'll remember, were you a person of justice? That when his family did something wrong or his relatives did something wrong, did he side with them or did he put his hand up and say, no, that's wrong? These verses are the meaning of Islam. Mm -hmm. Maintain actively justice. justice. Even if it means standing up against the actions of your own parents at home. Yes, yes. Alhamdulillah. So with that in mind now, just um, moving on to slightly, uh, you know, parallel as it were. How about if we see political injustice? So not directly associated with us in our household, but outside. What methods should we use, should we seek as it were to speak out? <coughs> and did the holy Ahlul Bayt, did they use the same method? Ahlul Bayt. When it comes to speaking out against injustice, they had different methods. Sometimes you would find that they would tell their followers that this isn't a period where you speak out in the form of protests outside the palace or outside the government because it's not suitable for us. Okay. And our future, if we reveal all of our protests. Mm -hmm. There were times during the Abbasid Empire where the Imams would say to the Shia, conceal your belief in mm -hmm. this period because we are in danger. danger. When you see an unjust or unjust ruler, let's look at another mechanism of trying to bring up their injustice. Then there are other times where you'd have Abu Dhar al-Ghafari speaking outside Muawiyah's palace, blatantly protesting, highlighting to us that protests have a role. Abu Dhar standing outside Muawiyah was a one-man team, but he became a nemesis for Muawiyah. Muawiyah had to send him back to Uthman until Uthman exiled him to the Rabada district where he died. Then you had Ahlul Bayt trying to alleviate injustice by working with those who were unjust in the hope that working with them or asking some of their followers to work for them mm -hmm. would look after the future interests. So Imam Al-Kadhim tells Ali bin Yaqteen to continue so, working for Harun al-Rashid. Right because the interests of the Shia. And then you had Imam al-Hussein reaches a point where if it means that you have to sacrifice your life for the principle of justice. You see somebody establishing debauchery, immorality, it could reach a level where you lose your life and the stand against injustice. Yes, yes. As he said famously, if bodies are meant to die and decay, then let my body be cut into a thousand pieces. So is there one uniform way mm -hmm. that anytime I see injustice, there's only one way? No. A person has to use their wisdom yes, to see yes. what is the best direction Absolutely. to try and speak uh, out against this injustice that's taking place. Okay, okay. 
The, um, but if I may add, sure, sure. Injustice is not just unjust governments. Right. Ahlul Bayt sometimes would speak out against the injustice of a husband to his wife. When normally you say speak out against injustice, you imagine speaking out against a tyrannical government. Sometimes the Ahlul Bayt would speak to one of their followers. Why have you neglected your wife? Why have you neglected yourself? Why have you neglected her rights? That's also speaking out against injustice. Yes, yes. Absolutely. I always look at the story of Nabi Musa alayhi salam when he saw the daughters of Nabi Shu'aib by the well trying to get some water. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He realized that it was injustice that these two ladies have no one to help them get water. Yes. So injustice is not just to be defined as Umayyad or Abbasid Empire injustice. Sometimes people are unjust at home. Yes. There's a way to talk to them. Sure. That look, I just saw you the way you spoke to your wife. You rebuked her in front of all of us. The poor girl was embarrassed. That's not the way you speak. That's speaking out against injustice. Mm. When you see somebody, for example, someone sees that their parents have been harsh towards a family member, you tell them in a way, don't be unjust to them. So there are different times, different ways, and different pieces of wisdom, okay. which we can learn about how to speak out against injustice. Okay, okay. thank you for that. One may argue that the prophetic message was to perhaps establish justice. Now with that in mind, I'd like to read a, another verse in English uh, from the Holy Quran, Surah Dawood, uh, verse 26. Yeah. O Dawood, surely we have made you a ruler in the land. Made you a ruler in the land, yeah. So judge between men with justice and do not follow desire lest it should lead you astray from the path of Allah. Judge with justice mm -hmm. and do not follow desire. Why do we stress so much that the person who is in charge of the courts of law has to be an upright, voracious individual? Mm -hmm. Can't be somebody who's easily motivated either by their selfish desires. Yes. You know, there are some judges because something happened to them in their life. They took it out against anyone who was remotely accused of such an act. Don't let your own selfish desires affect your judgment. Absolutely, absolutely. Each case is different. different. Each background check is different. Mm. Sometimes the selfish desires of the person who's making a judgment affected by bribery. That listen here, something under the table, let this prime minister or that president go. The prime minister or that president is guilty of war crimes. But because they have big backers financially, that person's desires overtook them and said, okay, you know what, put it under my table in a nice way. Or promise me a plot of land and I'll give the judgment in your favor. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted that his leaders on the earth. And he makes it clear, David... Judge between the people with justice, with haq. Another word. Adala, insaf, qist, haq. Truth. It's a shame how many countries had corrupt judges on this earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when establishing Dawood and Sulaiman mm -hmm. on the earth as his khulafa. He wanted there to be situations where people felt their justice. Because they knew that if this is the Khalifa of Allah, this is his justice, 
Imagine what the justice is of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That those ladies, if you know the story of Nabi Sulaiman, yes. we've got two babies. Mm-hmm. We've got the baby and we've got these two ladies and one lady says the baby is mine Nine. and the other lady says the baby is mine. Nabi Sulaiman alayhi salam judges with haq. So it's okay, cut the baby in half. One says, okay, okay, it's hers. <laughs> yes. So he says, must be yours. Yes. Why? Because a, baby can, a mother cannot bear to see her baby cut in half. So it must be yours. yours. Therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, every prophet of his from Adam to Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi, if you look at people and their reverence for them, it was because they judged always with justice and truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, just continue with that. Uh, so now we just have less than 10 minutes. So we're going to try and uh, quickly uh, wrap this show up. Um, Injustice was rife in the Holy Prophet's time. How did he alleviate this? And also, I'm just starting to rush now. Um, how can this affect us today when we see injustices? What lessons can we learn? I think when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and his family, you're absolutely right. There was injustice was rife. Um, in Arabia, you had different forms of injustice. You had, for example, the, one of the most unjust acts that Arabs used to perform was an act or a statement that was known as the statement of Dhihar. Okay. Dhihar is back. Right. Dhihar right. is where you say to your wife, you are to me like the back, back. of my mother. Mm-hmm. So as soon as he says that to her, that's it. He just walked out of the house. Lady doesn't know am I still in marriage or am I divorced. He's just insulted me by saying to me that I'm like his mom, which means he's not going to have any relations with me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the Holy Prophet reveals the verse. Allah hears the cry. You see, the beautiful thing about when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon his family, was establishing justice was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was showing him any act of injustice I see and I listen. So you had injustice towards the ladies in the community, two baby girls, they were being buried alive. And when you're speaking out against female infanticide, until today you have female infanticide. Until today there are countries, if a female is born, they'll kill her because they don't want a female. Yeah. Until today there are babies who are killed mercilessly. Those are lessons for us today. That when our Prophet spoke out against injustice, he didn't just speak out against Abu Lahab or Abu Sufyan. It's not one form of speaking out against injustice. When I see that there's injustice taking place, where there are children who are being buried alive, where there are ladies who are being abused, where there is financial corruption taking place when mm-hmm. he spoke out against the injustice of interest. Yes, yes. No one would normally say that interest is unjust. Normally if you say injustice, you normally refer to a tyrannical government. Absolutely, an action. Yeah. But you forget how many people's lives have been ruined because of interest. Sure. How many people could not pay back payments or repayments because of Loans which were destructive mm. to them. So therefore, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon his family, on the one hand, there was social injustice he would speak out against, political injustice he would speak out against, economic injustice he would speak out against. And these can all be applied in our Sure, just a few minutes left, uh, Sayyidina. Um, Sayyidina, Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali ibn Talib al-Islam, mm. was once described as the voice of human justice by George Jodak, the famous Lebanese Christian. What did a Christian see in uh, Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali ibn Abi Talib Ali ibn Abi Talib 
صوت العدالة الإنسانية. And I wish we had more time to go into this. Uh, the voice of area. human justice. Mm-hmm. It's an honor to follow Amir al-Mu'mineen. Because to have a man who established justice in its most perfect form, that if you were a non-Muslim, you did not fear his, in, his injustice. You didn't fear any injustice. You knew that the man is just pure justice. In the courtroom, the judge addresses him by his title, Abel Hassan. He addresses the person who's making the complaint by his name. Imam says, this is unjust. You've called me by my title, called him by his name. Call me Ali. Who will be equal before we begin this court case? Mm. Who would do that? When the judge gave the decision against Imam Ali, and the Christian won the case, when the Christian was leaving the courtroom, people were looking at him, he looked stunned. They're like, are you okay? He goes, yeah. They go, you look surprised. He goes, today I saw the most amazing thing. I'm a Christian in a Muslim land. I took the caliph to court. The judge gave a decision against the caliph. And the caliph accepted it and walked away. Whoever that man is, I want to follow. Because I have never seen justice in this way. Normally, who can take the lead of a country to court? And when you can take the lead of a country to court, what happens to you if the decision goes against the lead of the country? One mafia is going to come one side, this guy is going to come another. Before you know it, you've got some medicine stuck in your ear and a needle one side and a shotgun the other. Imam Ali the non-Muslims loved his justice. A lady comes running to him one day. You are the voice of human justice. What's the issue? They're going to kill me because I committed adultery. And the Khalifa at the time was Omar. Omar had ordered that she gets killed because she admitted to the adultery. So Imam Ali says to her, but why did you commit adultery? She said, because we're starving. And that's the only way I can make ends meet. Imam Ali says, then you can go. (laughs) They said to him, why? He said, the Quran says, those who commit a sin Compelled because of a state of hunger, Allah is all forgiving. The woman in his time loved his justice. The non-Muslim in his time loved his justice. His own companion saw his justice. And I will say this, that people's envy to Ali was because he established justice only as a witness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He didn't care if you were his relative. No. Quran said, Kunu qawamina bil qist. Shuhada lillah. Walaw ala anfusikum. Awil walidain wal aqrabin. Zubair was Imam Ali's first cousin. Yes. Normally, if a family member needs a favor, you know what? Don't worry. If someone else does something wrong, we attack. Zubair was Imam Ali's first cousin. Talha. And Zubair came to see Imam Ali. They yes. had a personal issue. We need to speak with you. He was the Khalifa at the time. We have a personal issue. We need to speak to you. 
There was a candle there. Absolutely. Yeah. Phenomenal. He blew out that candle. Phenomenal hadith. Phenomenal narration. He blew out the candle. And he puts another candle. They said, so why did you just do that? He said, the first candle came from the money of the Muslims. Mm. You've come to see me over your personal issue. I have to put a candle that I purchased with my own money. Which government is not going to scam the phone that they have to make calls to friends and relatives? Which government is going to scam expenses and put it on the tab of the government? Or luxury visits and trips for friends in the name of government meetings? When George Jordak, the Lebanese Christian, said Imam Ali is the voice of human justice, a book that every viewer should watch, uh, should, read, should read, and should recommend for their friends, Muslim and non-Muslims, to read. Imam Ali, the voice of human justice. And that letter from Imam Ali to Malik al-Ashtar, that is the meaning of justice. Mm-hmm. That if you want to establish a government, and it's sad that many Muslim governments in the world today are always seen as the very opposite of justice. Yes. And that's why the apple does not fall far from the tree. Imam al-Hussain on the 10th of Muharram taught us the meaning of speaking out against injustice and of establishing justice because he was brought up in the house of Ali and Fatima. Salawatullah wa alayhi And you see Imam al Hussein, I was not surprised how many people said we learned how to achieve victory while oppressed through Imam Hussein, how to establish justice through Imam Hussein. Because one thing with the Ahl al Bayt, their justice was purely for the sake of God. God. And for the sake of helping the creation of God. Okay, okay. I think the producers are giving me the signal that uh, we've run out of time. Uh, Viewers, I hope you've enjoyed this show tonight on eternal ethics and the topic of justice. Um, Please do email your questions and also um, if you can WhatsApp questions and also contribute for donations. The telephone number here for WhatsApp is 07939-917-163. But from Dr. Sayyid Amar Nakshwani and myself, Muhammad Ali, Assalamu alaikum and we'll see you again next time, inshallah. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to look at our audio library for more content on Quran, ethics, lifestyle and spirituality. Imam Hussain TV3, your gateway to Karbala.